Shut up, I love it. Hello, and this is Shut Up, I Love It, a podcast when we invite a guest to talk about something underrated, underappreciated, misunderstood, anything of the kind. My name is Sasha Feiler. Today, I have a special co-host with me. His name is Jay Hunter. Welcome, Jay. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> nice to have you in the co-pilot seat. And today, we have uh, two very special guests. Welcome, Walker. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Welcome. And then welcome, Bri. It's great to be back. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, I'll start with you, Walker. What are you here to talk about today on Shut Up, I Love It? So today we're going to be talking about psychedelic Christianity. Now, now when you say psychedelic Christianity, what exactly do you mean by that? So I think there is a, um, a kind of a rediscovery going on in the in certain Christian circles of uh, looking to uh, explore into the effects or benefits that psychedelics um, may have to offer, and I um, I speak directly to that in my own personal experience with uh, with a book I recently published. And, and and what's the name of the book? And the book is Christian Schrumer, My Journey for Truth and Healing. Cool, cool. And and so, the, the, like, tell tell us about well, t- t- tell us about your story because th- this book is is kind of a um, it, it is your story, right? It's an autobiographical book. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. So pretty much, uh, it takes it starts with um, a spiritual awakening when I was 18 years old, and it was a um, the catalyst for that was was LSD. And the reason that I took it that particular night was actually out of some uh, girl drama. And it took a pretty wild twist and ended up just having a paradigm shifting experience of, of my worldview and how I saw things, how I saw myself. And um, there's a lot of details that it goes into it, how it got real good and then it got real bad. When, uh, when the cops show up, as you might imagine, on psychedelics. And, but at the end of the day, it kickstarted this desire to really want to peer deeper into reality, into myself, into existential aspects. And this this was when I was agnostic, so um, several years before uh, becoming a Christian, which is also you know part of the part of the story. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, you're not you wouldn't be the first person to say that they had a like like a. a, a you know, an amazing eye-opening um, spiritual. Uh, spiritual experience when they take psychedelics, especially for the, for the first time. Like a, you know, it, it's pretty typical, I would say, or at least not uncommon to have a paradigm shifting uh, shift of consciousness uh, after a psychedelic experience. Now, you say you were agnostic before you took LSD um, for, for the first time. Um, what were did you were, were, was your family? religious at all and you just were agnostic agnostic or how were you raised gotcha so um oh yeah by the way it was the i had taken lsd before but this particular time was a uh, higher than recommended dose okay well, that, 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 that's interesting so it wasn't the first psychedelic experience it was just one experience in particular that, that how how much more like lsd did you how much did you take compared to what you had t- taken before so it was uh, this this particular dosage was three uh, gel tabs of LSD, and it um, 
it seemed to be quite a bit more potent than what I was what I was used to. Like one one would have been you know one would have been enough. Um, so triple that down the hatch, throw yourself in a poorly planned scenario in the middle of a <laughs> subdivision at one a.m. and then uh, there's going to be some theatrics anyway. You cut it. Yeah. Right. So, right. Uh, but back to the second question. Yeah, so there was a, um, I was raised in a uh, pseudo-religious family, so my parents were very involved with, uh, with church community when we were, when myself and my siblings were um, early age, and when, or when we were really young, and, um, but it was kind of a, it was, there was a, some unhealthy elements in that community, and they ended up leaving, and then from there, it was uh, less, less, less or so about religious instruction and upbringing, and more so about just moral, moral upbringing and moral values. You know, do what's right, get your education, and um, get a job as soon as possible. Yeah. So, so, so you were raised in a family that that was Christian, that went to church and was involved in the Christian community. But then you say you were agnostic. Was that just something that you? That you kind of fell into as you got older, or what? Like, when did? Because I'm assuming when you were younger, you were on board with everything, right? As you do when you're a kid, you're just you're sure, right? So, so, so if if that's the case, like, what what led to your agnosticism or your shift away from the from Christianity? Yeah, so we left the church when it was when I was like four years old. So I remember going to you know summer vacation Bible school and whatnot, and but as but that was more of an afterthought. So by the time I was in middle school and actually beginning to think about, you know, the deeper things of life and hearing the concept of God, and it was uh, it was all just like, well, how does how does anyone know? Who knows? I don't know, and I'm not convinced that anybody else knows. Right. And right. Uh, just carried that into uh, pretty much through the formative years. Yeah, and and so when you said you the, the, your family left the church when you were four, or explain that. So th did you? Like formally leave, or you just became a, a smaller part of life, or oh um, yeah, so they, uh, they yeah they pulled out of it. There was um, it was kind of like a uh, a church that was in the Word of Faith movement, and so essentially there was things going on where people were like, oh, if you have glasses that's showing you don't have faith that that you're going to be healed, and so take off your glasses, and <laughs> so it was kind of kind of uh, church that would refuse like medical services. Oh, okay. And, and then uh, there were some other controlling elements that were just becoming real unhealthy, and um, the parents woke up to it, and they're like, "We gotta, we gotta step out." That sounds good, right? It sounds it sounds like you're disconnected from this group that had kind of a negative experience or a negative influence on you. So, so mm -hmm. it's basically you're, you're you 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 separate from the from the, from this group, this kind of Christian sect, and then and then eventually you come to the conclusion that that you don't know the answers to any of the questions and that you're um you're 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 gonna say like i just don't know like because agnosticism of course for the audience is is the is the mode of thought where where you, it's that you're not an atheist you're not saying i don't believe in god but you're also not saying that i do believe in a certain set of ideals or or uh 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 philosophies you're just saying like i i have no idea what's what's what the truth is so to speak Sure. Yes. Um, there was a the the one concept that I was on board with. I, I felt there was reasonable reasonable evidence to say there's some kind of supreme being, you know, behind you know the universe and existence. But hammering out those details were a little challenging. You know, who's 
who's to say what's what's what in that realm but i was like okay i'll i'll, I'll give it up i'll give props to a, a supreme being floating out there somewhere to uh that that's making this all possible yeah 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 and and if the audience is curious what those sounds are uh, uh, I want to address the, those the sounds. The co-guest, uh, Bri, has <laughs> taken it upon himself to eat some pad thai during the recording. So if you're curious about those scraping and chewing sounds, it it, it is, uh, Bri has actually decided to have lunch while we're uh, recording. I can cut that out of the audio, too. Sorry. No, I'm, Sorry, I'm America. Sorry, America. I, I think, it's, I think it's, it's a good, Jay likes sounds of food. I, on I, I enjoy it. I enjoy the sounds of <laughs> mastication, and uh, it's like an ASMR thing, you know? I, I actually do enjoy the sounds of chewing but i'm in the the large minority i think most people are disgusted by it um but you know but we'll cut be, that out be a very visceral podcast uh, i've got a hell of a compressor on that's just uh, making everything alive in here yeah yeah yeah. so let's hear from bry since he is uh taking a break from his lunch so w- when you um well you were the point of connection for us to read the book and meet walker so what why what did you find out of all your experiences with psychedelics? Why did you find Walker's story interesting? Like, is it the angle of Christianity? Uh, yeah, especially because, you know, he, he's a rare bird as far as that goes. And I don't know. Can we talk about how we met? Because we can edit out anything in yeah. the future that you're not yeah, comfortable go with. Go for it. Go for it. All right. So th- this is going to be off to tread carefully. Um, we met we, like... I was a mycological student. I, w- I was learning to grow mushrooms at a, a local, um, at a local, what would you call it? Business. It's like a greenhouse, community yeah. greenhouse. Yeah. So yeah. So I was studying under you know the the mycology manager, learning how to do all the lab work and all the inter- intricacies behind that. That's where I met Walker, and. Um, yeah, he had his head on straight, and he's an interesting guy. And then, you know, later it came out that um, this is he he has used the mushroom to kind of fortify his spiritual path. And um, on top of that, he's doing a lot of other crazy stuff, like going on for thirty-day fasts. It's discussed in the book Christian Schrumer, available on Amazon. Um, Love it. And yeah, so you know that was enough for me to become intrigued and strike up a friendship. So, so, but, but I'm, I'm also interested in Walker's uh, story here. So, so we've got up to the point where uh, you, you had Christianity in your life. So that was set up as, you know, early on as something that the family believed in. You kind of, the, the, the family pulled out of this group that they were with because um, they had a negative influence. And then you ended up as an agnostic. Now, now let's flash forward to this this seminal psychedelic experience. So what happened, uh, you know, like, like why was it so life changing and paradigm shifting? Gotcha. So I'm out there. Um, I ended up inadvert or not intentionally, but without any plan at all, uh, taking these three powerful LSD gel tabs. My, uh, my goal was simply to bust out of this kind of drama rut that I was in and uh, things were going well with uh, with a girl I was hanging out with, and I was like, I know I got I got the perfect ticket out of this nonsense. So down the hatch they went, and uh, flash forward about an hour and a half later, I'm um, at a cafe with my friends. Everyone's going home, and these things are starting to these things are starting to kick in, and I um, 
I had to go, didn't have to go home, but had to get out of there. So got in the car and I'm driving down the road, realizing that I am in a bit of a predicament. So the, um, my, my eyes were, my pupils were completely dilated. I am, I'm cruising down the road. I could, I could see decently, but anytime a car was coming at me, the headlights would just flood my eyes with light and I, I was essentially blind. So I realized that uh, things were getting slightly irresponsible and pulled off into a nearby subdivision and I was aware of a park nearby. And so ended up uh, being, pulling in safely, going to the park, got there and realized that, okay, this is, this is, this is what the plan is. I'm just gonna hang out here quietly let everything burn off and run the course and I'm gonna enjoy a nice quiet evening here in the park. That's, that's, that's my base camp tonight. Um, flash forward about an hour, hour and a half. I, uh, the, the experience took a significant spiritual turn as at some point, and it's hard to pinpoint because it happened so many years ago, but there was a, a shift toward this introspective existential groove or vibe and all of a sudden I began to just draw like deeply into myself and all of a sudden had these like revelations or these this this epiphany of of who I was or what I was and it was a you know this this core this this essence of what I am is just this you know this beautiful being of energy and and uh, and light and so I was just, I got connected directly to that and I, um, it began to get so potent that I had to take a step back. It started to worry me because I'm like, wow, I feel like it's, it's, I mean, this is turning into, this is definitely something that feels spiritual. It feels like something from another realm. And I, um, it, the, the thought came up and I mentioned this in the book, this very powerful, powerful thought comes up. And the question is, am I God? And as I, uh, so that hits me and then I quickly, and so I'm rationalizing it. I'm like, well, dang, no, I'm not. There's no way. So I realized, no, okay, no, I'm not God. That's, that's a pretty reasonable uh, conclusion. All right. I'm not, I'm not, you know, too going too crazy here, but I realized that if just being a man, being a soul with this kind of, you know, this power lodged into the core of the being, like that's, I mean, we're not gods, but it's uh, it, it's a damn good thing going on. Like we're we've got we we're, we are disconnected from this core essence that is beautiful and potent and, and powerful. And uh, so up until that point, I always struggled with um, just being conscientious, being a, you know a herd follower, and um, constantly looking toward external validation and others of what, you know, for cues and whatnot. And it was, uh, in this moment, I just felt completely free and liberated to be able to connect to that and, and just self-sustained. And it was a, almost a reflection back toward, I saw it as a reflection back toward, you know, the Supreme being or this, you know, the God that was, you know, responsible for all the, all these things. And so in that moment, it was uh that that was a shift right there it was that we're not just you know these aimless entities these aimless animals walking on this planet like there is a spiritual core to 
myself and to everybody that we're just disconnected to. And to reconnect to that was, uh, was it was medicinal, it was therapeutic, it was, you know, mind blowing. It was a, it was, it was a, a full scale, wholesale revelation. And um, so earlier I mentioned, all I got to do is just hang out here at this park and just bide my time, draw no extra attention to myself and things are going to be, you know, things will go, things will go great. So I could have had that revelation, could have had that, you know, maybe put it in my pocket to chew on later. But in the moment, I was just so overwhelmed with joy and ecstasy that I, uh, and, you know, inhibitions that were just fairly thrown out the window. I decided that it called for some celebration. And by celebration, uh, I met, that means some dance and singing at the top of my lungs while there's apartment buildings 100, 150 feet away. And so it's about 1.30 a.m. On a, on a Tuesday night. So in the summer, uh, two weeks after I graduated high school, and I let loose in a way that I had never done, that a man probably ought not to in a, in a public space uh, with you know people trying to sleep not too far away. And uh, so uh, guess who showed up about uh, 20 minutes later? The, uh, the boys in blue came through and, uh, and they were investigating the situation and uh, it led to an interaction, walked up to them. I was, uh, I, I saw them, I saw, you know, I saw it out of the corner of my eye, then I was like, oh, that's a policeman. Let me, let me go introduce myself. And so I was keeping it good vibes and everything. And um, they were, uh, the, the first police officer I was interacting with was uh, obviously skeptical about what, what was going on mm -hmm. and he was asking me questions. He was like, got any, you know, what were you doing out here? And I, was, I said, I'm enjoying myself, which I was in every sense of the sense of the statement. Uh, he asked if I had weapons. I was like, no, sir, feel free to check my pockets. And, um, and then uh, a few minutes later, he's like, well, I need you to turn around, put your hands behind your back because you're going to be arrested. And just and to facilitate this, so you end up being arrested. And of course, every person, like especially in this podcast, we bring in like we topics of psychedelics quite often. And we, um, you know, people present here are all familiar with that feeling that I think is when you take a certain uh, amount of, um, I haven't taken LSD, but to me it was mushrooms, where you are in the space where you are basically spending time with gods and you are inhib like you are inhabiting the place of what a godlike creature might be like at least in our human perception like the height of human perception and you are like a, my experience creating universes and destroying them within milliseconds and you're sort of in this playground of the gods and what i thought was very interesting for me especially is how do you bring it back to christianity because w what are your thoughts like is it because you grew up in christianity so that was already part of your upbringing so that's of course is what your heightened consciousness turned to the images of religions mm. come through a lot of people right but like why christianity yeah yeah i mean th th that's that's what is my big question because we like anybody who's had taken psychedelics has, has had a similar experience where you know you just feel connected to the divine and you feel like everything in the universe is connected and you have all these deep re revelations but i would say more typically people 
when they when they come out of that experience they tend to not gravitate toward organized religion you know like or or like a preset code so i'm i'm curious and fascinated why 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 you took the path that you took which was to go back to an organized religion uh perspective um just be, just cuz anecdotally i think it's the opposite that normally mm -hmm. happens to people so i i think that's that's my question is like is like how did this experience mm -hmm. that, that many people have had similar experiences how did how did that experience lead you to to this path integration of christianity yeah. into your life gotcha yeah so um after that after the smoke cleared of that particular experience like i was i was still agnostic um but i felt like i tasted something that was you know the, the first spiritual taste i've had and the thing in my mind was like, I need more of that. I need to figure out what that was or where that was coming from. So that was the beginning of a, that launched a spiritual journey into um, invest, investigating all the religions and okay. mm -hmm. a um, and then practicing you know a lot of the common spiritual practices like meditation, um, dream control. Tried a little astral projection, never was able to get that to launch, but. Um, after uh, so uh, several years down the line, like I've four years later, I'd been, you know, been to a lot of different churches, been to you know different in different religious ceremonies, and a whole lot of research that I poured into it, and I was actually uh, um, became friends with a lot of uh, with a lot of Christians, and began to join or join their community, and uh, was running with them for a little bit. And then eventually I was like, well, I don't know if I'm really finding what I'm looking for. And so after uh, after I was kind of at a crossroads of like, well, maybe I just need to move on and then explore the next uh, possibility. And so a long story short, there was a, I had an experience uh, one night where I, uh, well, actually, let me, so a few weeks before this particular night, I decided to, I, I was reasoning, I was like, well, maybe I just need to kind of plunge in and, and put my faith and, you know, pray the Jesus prayer and, and see where that gets me. So I was like, all right, well, at the very least, I can cross off the list if I do it. So I did. Friends were very happy. But a week later, I was like, man, I, I, I don't feel much different. I don't know if this was, uh, you know, didn't, didn't seem to really progress my, my cause. So I was like, well, I, I, so I stepped back. I was like, I, I'm not sure what's going on here. And uh, so before just a, a you know, whole, whole scale abandoning, you know, Christianity or walking away from it, the, uh, the one thing that was, that I grappled with was the identity of Christ. Because I felt like I'd studied enough and known enough to realize that, all right, I, I don't see, he's, he's definitely more than a good teacher um, as far as, you know, savior and putting the full faith and whatnot into this concept. I can't, I, I'm not fully on board on that, but so it kind of left me in this limbo. Um, so one night I go out for, uh, for a walk just to kind of gather my thoughts, blow off some steam. And I, uh, I was at this particular place on, on the campus and I just, uh, I felt God speaking to me as it were. And it was, uh, wasn't an audible voice. It was just kind of, uh, just kind of this this sense of the soul, and it was uh, it was gentle, but it was prevalent. It was it was tangible enough to where it's like, okay, I'm I'm tuning into something here. I'm not sure what, and it was uh, 
it was I felt the, the voice tell me that like Jesus is who who he is and this is the this is the you know the pinnacle of of spiritual representation from you know the other side and um, and so pretty much the balls in your court with with that and I uh, so after some after realizing that it's like okay well this wasn't the earth-shattering uh, pants crapping revelation that I've had before what uh, but this was this was definitely you know something that I, I had to something to chew on and so it was that night that I'm like all right well I guess I uh, didn't get it exactly the way I wanted to, but got something, and that's when I—that's the night I, I became a Christian. So, so, and were you on psychedelics that night, or no? No, no, no. That was a, a completely sober okay, situation. Okay. So, so, yeah, so, so I, I guess I'm just trying to contextualize how the psychedelics are affecting you. I, it sounds to me like you had this very strong experience, and it set you on a path that where you were seeking out, exploring, exploring different religions and, and different philosophies and you were trying to find truth. So the psychedelics were a catalyst to push you forward on that path. But then when you actually came upon the, you know, like, like the, you know, um, when you came upon this moment, it wasn't, it wasn't on psychedelics. You were completely like uh, sober, so to speak. Uh, Correct. Yeah. Right. right. So, so I, how, how does like, I, I think, cause c how do you integrate? Cause I assume you still take psychedelics uh, and, and, you know, uh, I'm assuming maybe that's not true, but, but I'm curious as to how you integrate the the use of psychedelics in with your current practice of religion. You know, like like, like how do the two things interact with each other in in, in your in your head uh, as opposed to just the 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 uh, it obviously set you on a path. But I'm curious as that mm -hmm. is that how your day to day practice goes. Yep, gotcha. Um, great question. Yeah, let me preface that with so there were. About a year after the the arrest experience is when I stopped using psychedelics because mm. I had a few more experiences after that, and then things kind of got got real hairy with some uh, um, just some mental, essentially some mental illness that that cropped up, and I'm like, all right, I get, this is too much for me. I got to shelve it all for for the time being, mm -hmm. and uh, and then so became from the point I became a Christian, the 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 underlying goal the underlying mission was always to try to reconnect to whatever that that conscious space was that i i entered into on the you know the night of the arrest mm -hmm. and so it's like i so i'm looking for i'm hunting for truth i'm trying to you know put a lot of you know a lot of uh, a lot of the puzzle pieces together and finding other areas that are falling into place but not necessarily getting me to that Kind of high level enlightened plane and uh so um after becoming a christian it's i mean i was very much in 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 the walk and growing and and uh pursuing it and but there's the underlying uh um the, the objective was still there so i'm still you know still trying to hunt still trying to tap into the deeper essence of self and the reintegration of psychedelics happened probably 15 years later, mm, uh, wow. 15, 16 years later, to a point where as the seasons of life played on, there were, had some very good seasons of life. I talk about it in the book of uh, working in the social service uh, field, working with uh, at-risk kids out to Central Asia for, for a little stint. And the, um, so seasons of life play out and then I'm left still 
you know, still grappling for this thing, still kind of like uh, trying to find this this uh, this path to the back to the inner essence. And so, so, so uh, you were you were trying to find a way that for the Christianity to bring you to that same place that you felt on psychedelics years ago is, is, is it am i getting that right that you were like like, like you hadn't you'd stopped taking psychedelics but you had this kind of like like epiphany um enlightened moment and you were trying to trying to get back to that place but without without the assistance of, of psychedelics just through yes. the religion itself well through yes. fasting also and walking which when done as excessively as walker does it from what i understand reading having read the book is that it is a meditative experience? Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you know, you hear stories about about uh, yogis in India spending, you know, twenty years in a cave, barely eating and <laughs> meditating, and, yeah. and 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 attaining these psychedelic states of consciousness through like chanting or meditation, because th- th- there's a long history of 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 religious practitioners getting to where these to these states of consciousness that 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 are. That happened immediately when you take psychedelics. So I, I think that you know, like 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 Ram Das is someone that's talked about that that quite a bit. That like he, you know he was he he at one point stopped taking psychedelics because he was trying to get to that same place without without the use of without the easy path of just taking a drug. So mm-hmm. it sounds like you were kind of on that on that that trajectory, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. So my yeah, the working theory was through spiritual practice. That's what's going to be able to un- unlock this yeah. unlock this thing. Yeah, and, so. and so, something that's like lasting too, because I, I I can understand the perspective because it's like you you take mushrooms or acid, you have this amazing spiritual experience, and then then they wear off, and you're back to square one, and you it's affected your life, but it it only happens while you're on the substance, you know, as opposed to like I guess the the the, the um, like the ultimate goal of of like practicing a religion is to be immersed in that experience constantly, like right until the day you mm-hmm. die. So you know, and not just have it be a, fl- a fleeting moment, so to speak. Yeah, essentially, what those substances do is kind of lets you peek behind the curtain, but <clears throat> you don't have the training of a system to be able to navigate what's behind that curtain, or you know, or it's kicking open the door to something that you don't really understand and you're not properly trained to navigate. Yeah, and then the door, as soon as it's kicked open, it immediately closes again, and you can learn from those experiences. But but it is a fleeting moment. Uh, whereas whereas like the ultimate goal would to be be to have the doors open constantly, right? Like I mean, at least I would I would I would assume yeah, so. Absolutely, I was going for going going for the chicken, not the egg. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> nice. So, so, so that you've been on this, you know, you, you've had this other whole other life, you know, you said like 15 or so years of, uh, of living a non-psychedelic Christian life. Now, where did, where did the psychedelics come back into play? Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, after, you know, many years of, of spiritual practice and service, that was, a, it, it was, uh, it was good, good seasons of life, but it brought me to the point of where I was, uh, left just kind of unfulfilled and um, somewhat isolated from being on this track and not finding the uh, not finding the fruit I was looking for and so the I, the maybe it's a sad fact of it but I just kind of wore down and I was like well I um, I have I have not been able to succeed at what with what I'm attempting to do and so if I need to, or so perhaps at this point, I need to just revisit the original source and explore that. Um, but that, that also went hand in hand with this um, attempting to kind of root out some of the deeper trauma that was sustained from the night of the arrest. Because uh, after you know, I 
after the interaction with the cops, I, had, I took a very warped worldview and like believed it and like thought the cops were were you know the devil's henchmen and whatnot. And I was I was being taken as wrapped up and arrested as a POW, and uh, and I like I, I was fully in that mind space, which was you know super unhealthy and a twist, and it all you know packed into the subconscious. Yeah, stop me if you're wrong, but I don't remember if you told me the story or if the story was part of the book or if I like made something up in between, but I thought it was like, you know, you're out there having this like, like experience of gnosis mm-hmm. and joy out in the middle of this park around the apartment complex and you're shout and you're like, you're like, this is very powerful information and feeling and like the agents of darkness yes. are going to catch on to this. And then pretty soon, like what happens is, you know, the cops manifest and it's like, here's the agent here's the agents of darkness sending sending the people am i correct with that um yeah for the most part that and i do mention that in the book and that and there's like an element of mystical truth to that it kind of didn't work (laughs) (laughs) they got me it got me in the net so the um as they were the the thought happened and like i was very aware of duality right good and evil and it it seemed like like the i could see the veil of you know upon the world and that was like, man, if, if there's a devil, he's doing a good job. So then the interaction with the cops, the, where it all went south was, when they were putting me under arrest, I was like, oh, why are they arresting me? And instead of thinking it through, of being like, well, I'm sounding off like some madman in the middle of the night, I was like, they're here to suppress. <laughs> they're here to suppress the, the golden information I've, I've discovered. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from there, you know, of course, what are you going to do? Go, you got to go down fighting in a scenario like that. And kick those windows out, baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, so go down fighting. I tried to run away and then end up getting uh, getting dogpiled and then. Uh, yep. That's based. why it's not recommended to take psychedelics near where the cops might show up. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I would say that any of our viewers, uh, we're all familiar with the Listeners. concept of the set and the setting, <laughs> and uh, and it's my it's my belief that you you, you the best setting is. Uh, far away from interacting with anybody that you're not that's not also on psychedelics uh, but you know but but sometimes you're in the wrong setting and some weird stuff happens and it can it can uh, you know you know when, transform when, the nar- narrative yeah when you're on psychedelics everything takes like a, a heightened state so it feels like you're in you're in maybe a movie or some bigger story and everything every uh, random uh, 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 you know like or logical. At, yeah, but but like 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 every every piece of data you pick up has greater meaning and, and mm-hmm. b- bigger gravity than it might right. might actually have. But um, but but to, just to get back to so how are you how are you integrating the psychedelics into your practice of Christianity? Like, like oh. we, we we know we know what happened before. Like I, I think yeah. we want to know like what what's happening now and how is the psychedelic uh, practice like integrating or interacting and and enhancing your your religious practice. Gotcha. Yeah. Great question. So I, um, so these days I, I practice with, uh, you know, the psychedelics as medicine, as therapeutic substance and, um, but fairly rarely. And so every once in a while I'll have to plan it out these days. I'm a little more calculated, try to pin down the logistics a little more than just, uh, going out into the, uh, a park in the city. Yeah. And <laughs> so hammering it down and, um, and I'll, I'll take a, you know, decide the, the level of dose I want to take and uh, pursue that. But the, so how it integrates with 
um, my Christian walk is I think um, I, I tend to keep it separate. Not like, hey, we need to bring you know psychedelics into the church, and that's what that's what is missing. I find for for myself is so that bring back into the church, <laughs> which we can get to. So I, I feel like my um, I, I feel like it's what I'm finding them to be as a tool and I've experienced like this, a, a tool to help unearth trauma and to kind of repair deeper subconscious uh, um, kind of damage. And, and, and so there's a tool in that aspect, but also a tool of just reconnecting us with ourselves. So the, you know, not to have a big spoiler alert, but that original level of consciousness wasn't able to do it, wasn't able to get there through all all the different kinds of spiritual practices, through the fasting and whatnot. And I'm, I'm willing to say that, well, maybe I just wasn't a, you know, maybe not dedicated enough, or maybe I needed to, you know, fast longer. I went on a 25-day fast, and, you know, that's the longest I'm willing to do without, uh, unless I have a burning bush moment and, you know, God telling me to go for, go for the whole 40. But um, I think that, to me now where it stands is that they it can be very helpful tools in reconnecting us with ourselves and um and kind of offloading a lot of the sediment that just gets built up as we go along in our in our life rhythms and our lifestyles because at the end of at the end of the day no one's got it no one's got it down perfect no one's got the perfect lifestyle and every everything that we do well after a certain amount of time, I think that we, we get impacted by the sediment, the stress, the responsibilities of life. And beneath all that is this beautiful current running that has always been running. And when we can plug into that, which is our, you know, our, our core essence, when we can plug into that and remind ourselves, reacquaint ourselves with ourselves, there's a, uh, there's a beautiful release, there's a beautiful experience, there's a beautiful refreshing uh, in that, and so that's the uh, that's the current. Uh, that's how I currently implement it from time when, when I feel the, the need to. Yeah, no, no, it's it's interesting because I just can't kind of came at it assuming that you were integrating because the, just the just the title, sh you know, psychedelics and Christianity or Christian Shroomer. In my in my mind, I'm 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 wondering, you know, that like how are you integrating the two? But it's interesting you say so. You're seeing it as more of like a spiritual palate cleanser, you know, where 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 you can kind of reset your your psyche and your and your spiritual state of being and and, and kind of be at more at peace with yourself so that you can go on and find uh uh you know religious enlightenment in your own way is that is that sound correct or um yeah uh yes yeah i think um yeah spiritual enlightenment or at, at the very least just having a um coming back to the deeper perspective of what we are and so from you know when we're when we're based we're when we're at a level of when we're in tune with ourselves i think it it can set everything else in in, in perspective, and uh, so that's why that's the value of what a um, that's the that's the value I see in a psychedelic experience. So it's almost like you um, psychedelics uh, clean the palate, and then you are just become more receptive to human experiences, which do include religion, even in the more like uh, institutional way like Christianity as opposed to spirituality. Spirituality is almost like neutral, right? Like spirituality mm -hmm. has a neutral feeling to it. And then like in the human 
day-to-day version of it for you what works as Christianity because actually I want to do a quick round robin here before we uh, start wrapping up so I actually I'm curious to hear do people in this room like when they especially maybe when you started using psychedelics because that's more probably memorable and like shocking first experiences when you start having visuals like did you have crosses and Jesus as part of your visual information because I didn't like I was I I grew up in Soviet Union where we didn't believe in God and nobody we like nobody believed in God and everybody was saying like there's no God and then later they brought some form of Christianity like they brought it up they revived it but it was always like almost like going to a museum like huh isn't that Mm. curious so for me even like my early experiences with mushrooms which were already in my 20s or 30s they were not like they never had any religious but of course they had a lot of spiritual information but they never had like this christian imagery Did yeah the religious the religious iconography you mean wasn't no, there because never because it's not pres- in my presumably it's not because it wasn't baked into your was not consciousness baked. as a as a young kid yeah i mean i'll, I'll go next i my, my parents didn't read like i was i was baptized you know in the episcopal church but we never went that was the, like i always say like i went to church once and it was when i was a baby being baptized and, and then never never since and it was it was just we just weren't raised in a household where 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 we practiced like organized religion and, and so, yeah, I never really had any sort of certainly not any Christian iconography pop it. Like, I mean, honestly, with my earliest psychedelic experiences, I would sometimes be staring at walls and I would see sort of almost more like Hindu, Hindu iconography. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like I, I, I have distinct memories of seeing that. And it's weird because I don't have any Hindu background in my in my family. So but but but, but you know, also like those images and you grow up in culture and those images are associated Just with ubiquitous. With, yeah, ubiquitous with kind of trippy mm-hmm. stuff, quote unquote. So I can attribute to, it, it to that. But no, I never like I, I, my own personal experiences that took psychedelics and it made me um, not want to rebel against organized religion. But but but, but it, it certainly didn't <laughs> send it did. me. It didn't send me to well because I didn't I was kind of indifferent to it. Like I was just like, but it, it basically it, it didn't it didn't draw me toward any organized religion. All it did was draw me more toward the the like whatever spirit realm I was connecting with with the psychedelics and kind of in my head thinking like, well, all these religions are practicing the same thing, which I'm getting a taste of with the psychedelics. So I guess I guess it kind of made me feel like I was a member of all religions mm-hmm. and all religions and no religions at the same time, if that makes sense. What about you, Brian? Brian, what about you? Yeah, um, like almost all of the above. I mean, I remember my, you know, like 14 years old taking LSD and laying in my bed all night. And I'm like, you know, seeing Hindu gods and having no interest in that stuff, and um, and it, like Egyptian iconography and this and that, and I really think that was the start of something for me, like exploring all this stuff. But um, you know, if you hear about like uh, John Johns Hopkins studies right now, they're they're heavily involved in psychedelic research, and so they're showing that out of you know all these participants in their studies that them taking psil- their psilocybin experiments which is mushrooms, um, these people taking these things are rating, it's like two thirds of the participants, and I don't know how many thousands they've done, but two thirds of them are saying it's been either the most important experience of their life or in the top five. And um, so my kind of experience like that is fast forwarding when I was maybe 19 or 20, and um, it kind of set me on a path, but there was a lot of Christian, 
ideas going through and the idea of Christ consciousness to me. And I, I felt like Christian gnosis. There was other things too, um, especially ancient Greek stuff. But and, it doesn't um, look like Christ. That's why. Because you have like <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm going for. <laughs> well, well, Brett, well, you were, you were, ra well, your parents were religious, right? If I recall. Yeah, and I hated it. I hated yeah. it and I had ADD. I was, I got kicked out of church. They wouldn't let me come to Sunday school anymore because yeah. that's too disruptive. Um, and my parents even told me, they're like, man, when you were three, you got Michael Jackson's album Thriller and you brought it up for Easter and you brought it there. And the Sunday school teacher told you that Michael Jackson worked for the devil. And they're like, after that, they're like, we had to drag you kicking and screaming for the rest of your life to church. And like, <laughs> we had to ply you with Dunkin' Donut. Like, you wouldn't go unless you got Dunkin' Donuts before. And like, but I wasn't allowed to be in Sunday school a lot of the years. Um, so yeah, I, that, that shit never took for me yeah, at all. Well, it's, it's interesting because I think I, I have no like qual I have no prejudice against Christianity or any religion in general. I just because I was never raised with it. So I, I have no skin in the game, so, so to speak. But I do notice I, a lot of friends I have, including yourself, like, like their experience of it and, and maybe Walker's experience of it, too. It, like in that Christian sect that you were in that was kind of having a bad influence where they, they weren't weren't letting people wear glasses and things like that. A lot of times people's experience of organized religion um, is that it's very restrictive and, and, it, and it's like a practice of censoring uh, ideas and thoughts and tr and like like suppressing emotion, um, which I think is what turns a lot of people off from it. So whether it's like sex or whether it's 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 you know like 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 asking questions about uh, about the you know uh, you know about the religious text or like posing philosophical questions, like a lot of a lot of organized religions in general kind of like they suppress that and they and they try and block it and they try and like like beat it out of you sometimes literally um so i think that's why a lot of people have a negative experience because because you know we naturally want to ask questions and we feel feelings that are natural to us so when you have someone telling you you're evil because you feel these natural feelings that creates a you know quite a contradiction in in, in the mind so um so i feel but, a lot of people throw the baby out with the bathwater with that because those those symbols the symbols of christianity are powerful and psychologically affecting and they work yeah. on a deep level and then like any mystical tradition that becomes an organized religion you know like all the the dummies and assholes take it over and the bureaucrats yeah. and they they ruin it for people of course I, and and i mean it's it's worth mentioning uh what you've been itching to talk about this entire podcast brian which is the 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 early christian christian sects the gnostic sects of christianity which were kind of stamped out by the time the council of nicaea happened right but they that like the the early non-canonical works of the bible um, uh, where where Jesus was so, so, sometimes associated with you know uh, with mushrooms or sometimes some people theorize that he that Jesus is a symbol uh, of a, he's symbolic of an actual mushroom and the cross and I mean the, the, you know the, there's been many books written about this subject but but I'm fascinated by that because yeah I think that that Christianity has has so much to give us and 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 so much wisdom inherent in into it and I I personally feel like it's been hijacked by the wrong people. And and, and has been given a bad name. We and never I, took I, mushrooms. Yeah, exactly. We yeah, yeah, certainly we've never taken mushrooms. And uh, and I'm interested in these early Christian sects that were kind of, um, you, you know, you, like you read these non-canonical works of the Bible from Christian Gnosticism, and it, it almost reads like Jesus is like the Buddha. Like it's very much like more of a Eastern religion, uh, like, like, you know, that, that, these, that these, these kind of fringe Christian cults were, 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 were um, practicing back in the day. And, and, and you know, and the theory is, is that they, they were also taking psychedelics at the same time. Well, they weren't even fringe. I would, 
like so i wanted to talk a little bit about a book that just came out that i've read twice called the immortality key by uh brian murarescu and this guy like you know he's not part of the team he's never taken psychedelics he was a classicist from brown that you know found that you couldn't get a job as a classicist anywhere anymore so he became an international lawyer but the classics were kind of um these dead languages are his passion and so like the more he read into it he, he kind of showed that there was this carryover of these like stone age death cults taking brewing um what was called graveyard beers these psychedelic graveyard beers that carries into greece and become you know part of the uh, central sacrament of the Eleusinian mysteries and um those went on for 2000 years i mean and those things were at the center of greek culture like every great mind in greece was initiated into them and you could tell how much power there was they're like this is what holds our society together you know from plato to aristotle to euripides like all these people were initiated into this thing and they were drinking an ergotized um an ergotized beer um and these there was this priestess class that knew how to you know mix ergot in without poisoning people because if you take too much ergot you'll be tripping your balls off while your skin turns gangrene and sloughs off it's a pretty bad time they call it saint elmo's fire but then that carries into the dionysian mysteries right where it's like they start mixing these psychedelic alkaloids into wine and it was mostly run by women and they wouldn't initiate men over the age of 20. um but so the premise of this book, The Immortality Key, is that the early, like all this melting pot of psychedelic culture um, was going on and all the early Christians were well aware of it. And especially in the most, what do you say, like the book of John's, like the most enigmatic book of the Bible, just because it kind of doesn't fit in with the themes of the others. And he's very intentionally uh, using the, the Dionysian imagery to like kind of win over the the, the Greek people that are already um, aware of this, you know, these psychedelic sacraments. And um, I, this book just blew, blew my mind. It, it's fantastic. And you're he, recommending he, not one but two books. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> we should. Go, today. The audience should go out and buy buy Christian Schrumer on Amazon. And then after you finish that, then you can buy uh, Bry's book that he's talking about. Not the <laughs> Immortality Key, <laughs> the Brian Seymour Rescue. Yes, yes. The, 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 there we, it we is. Ha we happen to have a copy in the studio right now, and I've been meaning to, to read it for quite a while. I've tried to read the John Allegro book, the what is it, the Mushroom and the Holy Cross or whatever. The, like, th that's a very difficult book to, to read. Uh, he was an interesting guy. He was like one of the like top scholars. He was a priest and he was a top scholar of the Dead Sea Scrolls. And he was like the leading expert of uh, Aramaic. And so he got the, yeah, his whole premise for it was that Christ was code for this mushroom. And he thinks it was the Amanita muscaria. And a lot of these guys do, and it, it just doesn't, that just doesn't seem to add up, like the effects of that, like all the people that have taken it and this and that. But now, you know, it could very much be this ergot fungus. Um, and of course, like some people know that ergot, when it's synthesized, it's LSD, like uh, ergotamine, that, that's what uh, Albert Hoffman synthesized, was ergotamine yeah. out of ergot fungus. Anyways, but when you look at them, they're like tiny purple mushrooms. And I think that's a better candidate. And so, and I think Brian Murrescu, um 
you know, kind of posits that as well in his book. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's fascinating stuff. And, you know, I think I think the, the big takeaway for me with, with hearing Walker's story and everything is that, you know, contrary to popular belief, you know, psychedelics and religion are not um, uh, contradictory. Like you, like you can have both in your life and they can complement each other. Uh, whereas I think I think, you know, you know, the the, the more common take on this or is the opposite is that like like one one is antithetical to the other and in my mind like i said when i took psychedelics in the in the beginning and you know it made me feel like i was a member of all religions and and a member of none at the same time like i i think i, I think that's that's you know connected to this somehow too that they're Oh, go ahead. That's because you didn't have to break away from anything. That's you true. weren't part That's of true. religion, neither was I to break away from. So you didn't have to run away from it because there was no pressure. That, that's true. So maybe, maybe if I had had that in, like like that coding written into my software, that that I would I would maybe be in 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 Walker's uh, 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 foot, you know shoes where 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 I'm where I'm integrating the the two more often but yeah i think i think i have a different experience because of the way i was uh particular way i was raised but 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 regardless i think it, it, it's here from walker what does he have walker do you walker. have uh in your psychedelic experiences always like heavy christian imagery um no, no imagery uh not so much if i if i'm thinking about it then you know then my mind will populate all mm -hmm. sorts of all sorts of things and concepts but as far as like, do I see just crosses everywhere? Uh, no, I get. Uh, so Bry is the only one. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Man, it wasn't. A, it was like, yeah, that top five Johns Hopkins thing. This one, and but it, it was more the ritual of baptism and and the idea of forgiveness and like how someone can forgive themselves and like be reborn in some way. That was the big theme for that, but um, it was but, a, it was a powerful and important. But, but but Walker, you, your experience has not been like with the iconography. It's more of the 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 philosophical ideas or the the the, the raw spirituality of it. Yeah, I mean now I do see the. I mean going through Golden Dawn stuff. There's there's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. I sorry, I was talking to the other Walker. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yep. Yeah. So it's um yeah as far as symbol visual symbolization and whatnot, not so much, but um, conceptually spiritually, you know spiritual concepts that come in those will there there will be prevalent um yeah prevalent christian concepts mm -hmm. and like thinking about just the i mean the um like like forgiveness and and grace and love like the past mm -hmm. few experiences i've had the the resounding theme has been love and that's uh that's a that, that's a good thing it's you know talks about god as love and which is interesting because that goes hand in hand with the other uh one of the most the other profound uh biblical verses that says we're created in the image of god and so it's like to connect to what that is to unpack that i think um i think we can kind of peek behind the curtain as it were to uh the curtain of the soul and find uh find out more of what that image of god looks like or what the substance of that is and the good news is, well, what is God? Well, in a short three-letter uh, sentence, God is love. And so that seems to be a uh, fundamental and is something that constantly arises in the themes of my experiences. Yeah, and I, I don't, you're not alone in that respect. I mean, certainly, like, the 
the, the, the concept of love and everything is love and the universe is love and God is love. That's something that I've experienced too. I think it's just because I, 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 I haven't worn, you know, I know I'm wearing a different set of filtered glasses gazing upon the world. So if I had the sort of the Christian filter glasses on, I would, I would integrate that into my, in, into my beliefs. If I have the, the other agnostic glasses on, then it would, you know, like, or, or if I, if I'm a Buddhist, I would integrate it probably that concept in my Buddhist belief. So I, I think it's interesting I think I, I'm, one of the coolest things about psychedelics, I think, is that we come to these very similar conclusions as just as just human beings uh, uh, having the experience, and you know, everyone Different has, walks of life. Yeah, everyone has their own experience, but we all come back to these very similar themes um, that are the foundation for it. So, and you know, and I really love I love your idea, Walker, that like you're using the psychedelics as a tool in a toolkit to, to to enhance your 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 path toward enlightenment, like as opposed to I, I think it would be very, you know, like I, I would be hesitant to, to accept anyone who is saying like, oh, yeah, you need to take psychedelics in order to truly see the inner nature of this religion. It, it, like I, I like the idea that it's just it's a tool in the toolkit and you can use it for, you know, for a therapeutic reason or to kind of clean, cleanse your third eye and and, and get, do a spiritual palate cleanser um, or you can not. And you can, and, you know, you can integrate it into your, into your practice that way. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. mm -hmm. because I mean, after all, after any psychedelic trip, we all have to come back to our human experiences, and that's why integration is, you know, a challenging but big part of any psychedelic experience. Mm -hmm. Person who experiences psychedelics. Well, I think this is a nice note to wrap up the podcast on. Thank you, Walker. Thank you so much. Where can people find your book and buy it? So go on Amazon.com, plug in Christian Schrumer, and you'll see it. Christian Schrumer, My Journey for Truth and Healing. All right. Well, thank you both uh, for coming on. Shut up. I love it. I appreciate it. It's good to see you guys. Good right to on. see good you, to you guys. Too. Thank you so much. Thank Bye. you, Elizabeth Salute, for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this amazing track. Hey, all right. <laughs> I think you should close it out with The Christian Life by The Birds. I'm just saying, please do it. Uh, I don't the, the, the executive producer has given us a note on how to cut the podcast. So and, here you know, it we'll, is. We will consider it. Enjoy. <laughs> My buddies tell me that I should have waited. They say I'm missing a whole world of fun. But I still love them and I sing with pride.
Christian life. 